Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. If he had hung around long enough, uh, we might have done this on the Philadelphia quarterback back two years ago. I just told you two years ago we were looking at uh, Philadelphia quarterback, I'm not calling names, but looking at him. Uh, had he fallen to us there, we would have drafted him. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. You could probably hear me say, watch this. Start over. What you were going to say, good old. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, good old Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Uh, that was him earlier today. While How I about had, them Cowboys? Well, I had the wrong microphone plugged in uh, to this outlet. Uh, good old Jerry Jones just does not know when to keep the trap closed. I feel for Dak Prescott. Hmm. The last couple of days for Dak have been really frustrating. You got the Trey Lance trade, uh, which you know I, I don't know that Dak has to worry about that. They had Dak calling plays, yeah, in the preseason game, yeah. and then you've got uh, Jerry Jones saying, "Oh yeah, I, I thought about drafting Jalen Hurts," and, and normally not that big of a deal, mm. but Jalen Hurts is the starter. On Philadelphia Eagles. A division rival. Yes. They hate each other. Yes. If you if he said that before Jalen Hurts became something, no big deal, no harm, no foul. You say that about one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the league. Some people think arguably he might be better than Dak right now. That's a problem. Yeah, and you're deep in hypothetical world. Not yeah. not only we would have taken him, but then the the comment, if he would have fallen to us, mm-hmm. uh, cry me a river, my brother. Dak is you, you didn't have a high enough pick. Yeah. Um. To be fair, Dak Prescott hasn't necessarily done a whole lot to get everybody off of him. Um. You no, know, he's had injuries. I mean, heck, Cooper Rush was five and one when Dak was out last year. Um, you might make the argument that Dak Prescott without a great running back is uh, more average than than not. But he is still the quarterback of your team. He is still the most sought-after position player in the National Football League because he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which comes with great, great expectation and great responsibility. And if you just came off of a trade a couple of days ago, the last thing I think you want to do as we close in on the season is potentially put him a little bit more on edge by even putting the thought in there. Oh, you know, thought about drafting Jalen hurts because if Jalen hurts was playing instead of Cooper rush and Jalen hurts went five and one, or even Jalen hurts went six and oh, yeah. Is Dak Prescott the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this year? Hmm. To me, it's it's a I, – I know Jerry Jones is not great with words. He's great with money, and sometimes that's all that matters. But in this case, when you are managing players, you do need to be good with words. And the thing that, that Jerry still hasn't figured out, he, he has his own radio show. Um, he talks to reporters more than any other owner 
in the National Football League. He'll talk to reporters after games. Um, he is one of the most visible owners in all of professional sports that usually comes with a great smoothness of the tongue. Not here. Um, and, and, and I feel for Dak, if he doesn't have a good year this year, or if he doesn't even have a good stretch of games this year, I fear Dak Prescott's time as Dallas Cowboys quarterback could be coming to a close. Mm. So I'm actually going to take this in another direction because awesome. just in the small research that I've just done, in the 2020 NFL draft, Jalen Hurts was taken number 53 overall uh-huh. by Philly. Dallas had two picks. Before that, yeah. they took CeeDee Lamb and they took Trayvon Diggs. They could have taken him. Yeah. It's not like Philly beat them to the punch or something like that. I actually I actually think more along the lines of CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs that that's a shot at those guys. Right. I do wonder, though. In that instance, CeeDee Lamb's probably the better pick. Sure. I mean, that, would, that would make sense to me. And both both have turned out to be fantastic for them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if I knew that he was referring to someone that was in my draft class, and they're saying, oh, we wish we would have gotten him, my, my immediately, immediate thought was, would you have gotten him instead of me? Mm-hmm. That's the danger of playing the hypothetical game yeah. is you, you go down all of these kind of side avenue wormholes. That, wormholes, huh? Yeah. You a Star Trek guy? Uh, uh, no, but wormholes. big Interstellar fan. Okay. Tell me you saw that one. No. Okay. We'll add that to your list. Don't, don't, sound, That's okay. don't sound shocked. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay up. <laughs> I don't think Jerry Jones really cares about side avenues or or things like that this one is unique though because he um in the past is really not one to admit mistakes true he will see jimmy johnson yeah firmly plant himself behind a you know a draft or a decision that he made to continue to uphold his ego i.e ezekiel elliott yes um so this is kind of unique and different. I, I don't know if this is a make-or-break-it year for Dak. I, I don't know if you can pin all of last year specifically on him. No. Um, but it's easy to. It is easy to, and the formula is not quite working. That That much is clear. How much of that do you put on Mike McCarthy, though? How much of it is on McCarthy? How much of it is on Dak? How much of it is uh, Jerry? Jarrah? I mean, how uh, you, you spread it around. If you are the quarterback of America's team, you do have to take a little bit of blame. Sure. Um, I, I think Jerry will always take he some. Did, he did throw some picks last year. He, he did. Jerry will always take some because uh, he is the owner and he does tend to make some important decisions. But uh, yeah. You know, Dak's got to get some, too. Uh, John, thank you for calling in on this. How are you? Yeah, how is it? It's one of those 
tell me you have to tell them you have to play better without telling them you have to play better. I mean, writing is on the wall, kind of. You know, it's kind of a good pick. You know, picking picking up Trey Lance, high high ceiling. Didn't cost them much. They can use them where, you know, if he does well next year or you know coming off the bench, they can use him as trade bait if they do want to keep Zach Zach Prescott. Um, if they want to, they go. Prescott is up for a contract next year. He had they had a hard time negotiating with him last time, or you know, I'm not saying who's at fault, but right. it's a it's, it's a good negotiating um, um, piece where you know, hey. Take this amount of money, or we just go with Trey Lance, and then you know, there's not too, at least as it is right now, not too much people will take Zach Prescott or in the wide open market. So, I, I think I think Jerry Jones, you know, I wouldn't do things exactly like he does, but I think he threw the gauntlet down. And he said, "You got to play better. Or you're gone. Have a good day. Allo, Thank you, John. Thanks, Appreciate John. you calling in. I mean, I could I could see that, but I I am um, personally not a fan. Of uh, doing that in uh, in public, mm. I, I don't I don't believe in that. I agree. And taking a um like a passive aggressive approach to take a shot at a guy, yeah, and not just any guy, your quarterback. Um, I I do agree with what John's saying. There's a way of telling a guy he needs to play better without telling him. But True. Oh yeah. With the kind of backing that they have established with Dak through the injury and through all the, the ups and the downs, I kind of – I can't help but just feel like why can't they just talk to him? You know, I, I, I think that they have built enough of a relationship that I would hope – if I was in Dak's shoes, I would want them to come and talk to me about that. I would want clear, defined expectations. What are they expecting from me this year? What are they not? Mm-hmm. And that's that's professional athletics right there when they go out and get another person at your position. It's nothing against you. They're trying to win. They're trying to win. And, yeah, I guess – Trey Lance, uh, I do agree with John with him being a high ceiling, but I'm not worried about him going after Dak's job. No, not at all. I was surprised. I'm surprised to hear that I, from anybody. Trey, I don't. I don't know that Trey Lance ever plays a down as a Dallas Cowboy. Mm. Um, I could. I could see. His, I mean, I. I guess I could see him as a third. The third string emergency QB. I guess you got to protect the health of of Dak, and if it's Cooper, who's the number two guy, you got to protect his health as well. Um. But how long? And maybe let, let's let's take the, uh, the 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 weird route here. Let's say that Trey Lance is the emergency third string QB, but there is somebody around the league that needs a quarterback because someone got hurt. Let's say that's the case. Hmm. Now the Cowboys have someone that they can get something for. I don't know what you get out of him because a fourth-round pick was too high. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you have something you can get something back for by holding on to, again, this this commodity. Yeah, and in the third round of this, does that equal uh, a gift card to the, uh, the, <laughs> the team gift shop or something like that? Uh, no, it, it, it He gets went from you. first round to fourth round. To... It gets you a hundred dollar gift card to TJ Maxx. 
pass. <laughs> too much. No, too much. Too much value there. Yeah, I don't know if I can sacrifice. Oh, well, I guess that. you can. You can get a lot of things at TJ Maxx for hundred bucks. <laughs> that's true. For those who are wondering, that's similar to a Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, they have better snacks in the back. Ooh. Okay. Look, I I go to TJ Maxx not for the clothes, but for the, for the snacks. snacks. We 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 know where you go yeah. while your wife look, shops. Look, the chips. That they have, it's like a Canadian brand or something. I don't know what brand it is. Very good and very cheap. And then you can get a bottle of Coke for like a dollar thirty nine. Nice. You can't get that anywhere else. Coca Cola. You can't get that anywhere else for a dollar thirty nine. See, that's why there's two X's in the word Max. <laughs> that's that's what it what it's there for. Uh anyway, uh from from the uh Zephyr Insurance more on shopping in a moment, by the way. Mm. Uh from the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Texter from the four nine five. FYI, Jalen Hurts has never beaten the Cowboys with Dak at quarterback. In fact, Hurts is one and three versus Dallas. Can I just say worthless stat? <laughs> um <laughs> No, it's it's it is. One in three versus Dallas doesn't mean anything to me. If he were playing in Dak Prescott's spot as a Dallas Cowboy, that stat means absolutely nothing. Right? Hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a heck of a lot better than one in three versus Dallas. Uh, one more here from the 781. Jerry Jones should always remember that all his Super Bowl wins were with Aikman and Irvin. And how did the Cowboys get Aikman? They finished last to get the number one pick to draft Aikman, the socialist side of NFL football. And then he says the Cowboys should hire Hunter as quarterback coach. I would be a Cowboys fan immediately. Wow. Um, thank you for uh, throwing that out there. Maybe we should hit them up on LinkedIn or something. But uh, um, that's that's a bit high. I don't think you want that job. Yeah. Kellen, Kellen Moore was certainly not the problem, and he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing you want to be the place is, is toxic. Uh, yes. Uh, if you want to be a quarterbacks coach in uh, L.A., sure. Just not the Rams, by the way. Uh, that's a mess because you got too many people talking uh, that shouldn't be talking. Like Matthew Stafford's wife. Mm. You probably saw that, right? Where um, she, I don't know who she was talking to, but she basically said Matthew Stafford's having a hard time kind of gelling with the younger players on the team. You know, it's not going to help you gel with the younger players on your team. Having your wife air your dirty laundry. Yeah, to, uh, whoever I thought that was weak. I, I I know we'll probably maybe talk about that in another segment. But Aaron Rodgers has no problem connecting with the young people on his team. That sounds to me like a Matt Stafford problem, not a young people on the team problem. Yep, yep. that's on him. Yeah, um, <laughs> cry me a river. Exactly. Uh, coming up, Chad Brown. Is going to join us. He's on the call of Florida, Utah. Uh, we'll hear that on Thursday, uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get his uh, get his college football analysis and our Tuesday turnaround. Arnold Martinez, five to five thirty on uh, everything University of Hawaii football. It'll be more of a roundtable with you, part of it now, hmm. uh, from five to five thirty. That's coming up. Chad Brown's next off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. You know, we just got Hunter after the uh, Dallas Cowboys segment we just had. Quote, unquote. Jeez. Big time cowboy hating going on. 
No. I'm, I'm sorry. You Cowboys fans. Just because we talk real doesn't mean we're crapping on some team. You you Cowboys fans are so bleeping sensitive. So sensitive. So man. sensitive. We, we, we made no comment about, you guys haven't been to the Super Bowl since 94. We haven't said anything like that. Well, now you have. <laughs> we, we, we were having an honest discussion right. about their quarterback, your owner, who is a character. Yeah. You cannot not say that if you're a Cowboys fan. You have to admit that. Right. It's like saying uh, Hawaii's stadium situation is chaotic. Yeah. It's true. It is true. No one's a bigger Hawaii fan than me. Yeah. Sorry, some people can't uh, can't handle that. Uh, let's spend a couple minutes with Chad Brown, former uh, former NFLer. He's part of the uh, Compass Media Network broadcast team for uh, Florida and Utah, which is coming up Thursday, uh, 1.30 broadcast time here on ESPN Honolulu. Chad, thanks for giving us uh, a little bit of your time. You know, Utah is such an interesting story, and I'm glad you've got them uh, against Florida because with the Pac-12 being as good as it has been in a long time, how do you think Utah fits into that conversation? Utah's, uh, you know, the, well, the, the Pac-12 discussion is obviously a very interesting one. You know, what's going to happen in the future? But for this year, the Pac-12 is a conference loaded with quarterbacks. Uh, depending on when Cam Rising can return to action, coming back from the ACL he tore in the Rose Bowl last year, uh, you know, that will determine Utah's fate, particularly early in the season. If he's available for this game for Florida, uh, it certainly gives the Utes a big leg up uh, going against the Gators. Do you have the feeling that uh, they may keep that status close to the vest before Thursday? Oh, they certainly have. Coach uh, Whittingham has not revealed anything. Uh, Cam Rising is saying all the right things. But we know in college football without the uh, you know injury report like we have in the NFL where all the real information has to be given out, uh, these coaches will try to go all the way up to kickoff before the opponent knows who's going to be on their center. Big Ten's looking to change that. Uh, Big Ten's trying to vote on something where you have to have uh, all that out at least two hours before kickoff, which would, uh, could be kind of fun. I want to get to the Florida side here in a moment. You know, we talk about a Utah team in a very crowded, um, you know, Pac-12 kind of in that upper echelon of the conversation. How do we look at Florida, um, you know, considering how good the SEC is? Uh, I, I think Florida, you know, while they're not anybody's preseason top 12, most people's preseason top 20, I think there's enough talent there. I think Billy Napier has got some pieces in place to uh, bring in uh, the quarterback, Graham, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm struggling with the name right now, uh, Graham Mertz. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how well they are able to incorporate those new pieces into their offense. Chad Brown joining us. You'll uh, hear him part of the broadcast team with Greg Daniels for Florida and Utah coming up on Thursday on ESPN. Honolulu. He's with us off the bench. Chad, you bring up uh, some of the new pieces that Florida's adding into the mix. Do you expect them to bring a whole new scheme to their offense now that they're trying to kind of reinvent what their team looks like without Anthony Richardson? Uh, you know, Graham Mertz is a 59% passer, so I don't expect them to reinvent the wheel with a, this quarterback under center for them. Montreal Johnson has been one of the best rushers in the country, uh, so I expect him to lean upon him often and early. Um, he's been a, a key piece of their offense for at least two years now, so I, I don't expect to see much different from the Florida Gators. It's going to be a lot of the same, particularly in week one, when you don't know as a coach what your football team is. You know, Without the benefit of the preseason, you have a couple of preseason scrimmages, obviously, Without the preseason like they had in the NFL, 
neither one of these coaches can be 100% certain who is going to show up on uh, Thursday night. You know, I got to ask you, as you go through your college and NFL package uh, on the radio side, sticking with the college side, uh, what team are you most looking forward to seeing this year? It's uh, maybe not going to, you know, strike the listeners' ears uh, super well, but I always love to see the top teams try to compete to remain the top team. If you're Georgia, uh, to try to go for a three-peat, it hasn't been done in a very long period of time. If you're Alabama, you've been up, you know, in that picture for a long time. Can you keep yourself up there? Having been a national champion and coming back the next season, I know how difficult it is to repeat. When everybody on your schedule has that game circled on the schedule, when everybody's going to bring their absolute best effort, when everybody's turning in extra effort during the week to prepare for your game, how can you withstand that challenge? So there's always some interesting questions about, you know, who's going to be that team that rises out of nowhere, things like that. But for me, how do you maintain your status as a blue blood? How do you get your players motivated to play to that level every single year? All right, lastly, Chad, and this is off the beaten path. I got about 30 seconds here. I'm a, I'm, I don't know why I'm a Wikipedia person, but I need you to confirm if this is true. According to Wikipedia, you used to sell non-venomous snakes. <laughs> yes, uh, I had pro-exotics reptiles. I was one of the largest commercial reptile producers on the planet. Sold several thousand baby reptiles every single year, snakes included, but lizards as well. Um, and now I have a reptile shipping company called Ship Your Reptiles. So I help businesses and hobbyists ship their reptiles to their eventual new owners. Well, those aren't welcome in Hawaii, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but tortoises are. I do ship tortoises to Hawaii to uh-huh. ship your reptiles. He, wow. he knows it better than we do, Yes, Josh. He, he's the expert on it. <laughs> We're just the idiots who talk on the radio. Uh, Chad, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. Have fun on Thursday. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Chad Brown joining us uh, here on uh, ESPN Honolulu, who sells reptiles, as well as uh, a former linebacker played at Colorado uh, in uh, in college football. Wow. That's that, all I have to say. That is a um, – that's kind of neat. You do you, man. Yeah, I, that's kind of cool. Uh, Sports Center coming up. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. I have the tale of the first two segments of the show in three texts. Oh, boy. You can't name that tune in two. No. You you know the show, right? Name that tune. Uh, I know the concept. I don't know if I I watched it. I was playing the part where I would say, I can name that song in three words. Mm. And then you say, huh? You better name that tune. Name that tune, Josh. Okay. I can name this show okay. based on its first two segments in three texts. Okay, here we go. Text number one from the 223. Please do move on. There's nothing more to say about the Cowboys. By the way, that text was sent when we were talking about college football. Just, you know, putting it there. Yep. Two, read the rest of the cowboy-hating text on air from 495. You're only trying to fit your narrative to hate on Dak. Wow. Which, by the way, I didn't read the full text, not because of a stinking narrative. I don't care about narratives. It's because we were trying to hurry to get to a guest so I could get the guest on for more than three minutes and find a way to ask him about selling non-venomous snakes. So... Here's the rest of the text. 
geez, big-time cowboy hating going on. Cowboys lost two years in a row to a very good 49er defense. Dak also had hand surgery during the season on his throwing hand. They didn't have the soft schedule like the Eagles did. And, by the way, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. Really just because they're so overhyped. I can't, I, you can't be lukewarm about them. You either love them or you hate them. My reason for not liking the Cowboys is I had a really annoying coworker when I worked on the Big Island who just, like, shoved it down your throat. They're all and because annoying. of that. Because of that, yes, I'm sorry. I don't like your team. Like, I don't like everybody's team, except for my own. Sorry. There's no narrative. And by the way, Dak, Cowboys are better with a better running back than they are with Dak. Not to say Dak's not good, but your offense makes Dak better when you've got a solid running back that helps open him up. Hmm. That's not a hate. That's my eye test. Three from the 281. You guys are too nice on Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's a scumbag of the earth to not allow Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. Jimmy Johnson was a genius in his draft picks on how he got it from Miami Dolphins. That was how smart Jimmy was. So to me, Jerry is a scumbag and always will be. I mean, I guess we made everybody happy in three texts. One, we're, well, I, or, or we made everybody unhappy. One, you're fitting your narrative on Dak. Two, you're too nice to Jerry. And three, stop talking about the Cowboys. There's nothing to talk about with the Cowboys. Everybody hates this show in the first two segments. Would you know what that means? We done something right. Wow. Because you can't please everybody, but when you please nobody, you've done it perfectly. Yeah. Wow. I think the name of the game, uh, don't talk Cowboys. But you know what that means? We should be talking more about the Cowboys because look at the reaction it got. I mean, it got some It got reaction. the reaction. No, I mean, that. see, people don't realize in radio, and some people that I know don't realize this, play the hits. You play the hits. It's like listening to Top 40 Radio. Hmm. When you hear those songs over and over and over again, it's because they play the hits, because people listen to the hits. Um, that's why you don't necessarily hear 90s uh, music on radio all the time. Not really hits. Um, Not too many. <laughs> yeah, and if they're America's team and they get ratings, even though they suck, um, that's, that's harsh. That was fitting a narrative. Um, they're, 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 they don't suck. They just don't win. But yet everybody watches them. The best-rated games are Cowboys games on television that if we were to ignore that, it's kind of like saying we're ignoring what many people are watching. Now, if we spent two segments. Well, it's becoming it's becoming a narrative right now. Not to interrupt Now it you. is. <laughs> it's, beco it's becoming a narrative of... Could this be the year that they break through? We say that every year. I know. For the last how many years? We, that's what I'm saying. It's becoming <laughs> kind of a, well, I'll turn it on to find out if they're good or not. 
And then we find out after week three, eh, next year. We don't have that problem in Chicago. <laughs> That's true. We don't have that problem. <laughs> Even when people like Tanner Hayworth, you know, is really high on where the Bears are going to go this year, I'm like, yeah. I don't buy into it. Yeah. Stop Stop drinking Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. It's not 85. Right. Last time we won. Daryl texts in. See, there's nothing to talk about. Daryl says... I can't stand the Cowboys because they are supposedly America's team. Who made them America's team? They ain't my team. I, I'm I'm sure the answer is there. I'm probably too young to to remember how they supposedly became America's team. Um, you can be America's team and not win, right? I mean, yeah, it, it, it can be a very subjective thing. But if everybody watches them, then yeah, sure, I guess you're America's team. Not my team either, but uh, that's that's just who they are. Who would you say are America's teams in the other sports? Mm, I, I think in baseball, it's the Yankees. Yankees. I think in the NBA. It's the Lakers. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the Lakers. In uh, in the ma- in major league. Depending so- on era. You know, if it, it was yeah. the 90s, it was the Bulls. In major league soccer, yeah. it's Inter-Miami. It's Miami. No, it's just messy. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it's it's been Inter Miami for all of the last month and a half. Golf. Be- before that, nobody knew. Golf. Tiger. Well, Tiger's not there now. So who is it now? Tiger will come back. No, he won't. Yes, he will. No. No, Tiger's not coming back. I I am stoked that we are pitted against each other on list. Tiger will absolutely come back coming, and he will win at least one more. Coming back to me means he's playing more than six events a year. Doesn't matter. It still means he That's could win a major. Comeback. He could still win a major on that <sighs> schedule. <sighs> I cannot wait. Liz, I can't wait. Can we like encapsulate this segment right now? I will play it every day after Tiger wins again. I can't wait. Okay. We, we still have a, a Michael, a Kobe, like a killer out there. Like, give him another opportunity. He will find a way to win. That clip's going to get crusty. No. I'm just saying. It's going to get so moldy and crusty <laughs> that uh, it, it might be out of format so badly you can never play it again. I, I will, I you will also, call that. You also, a couple weeks ago, said we have no chance against Stanford. I don't. Did I say that about Stanford? Or I uh-huh. thought I said about Vandy. Mm. I I didn't say I have no chance against Stanford. I'm what I said was I didn't think they had. Um, it, I wasn't picking them to win against Stanford. Mm. I, I wasn't as confident as a lot of people were about Stanford. Um, Michael as confident as me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael's in Mililani. Michael, welcome to the program. How are you? What's up, Michael? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, NFL Films, John Facenda, uh, made it um, Cowboys America's team. That, that was the title of the, the film. And, um. uh, and the other one, you know you know why they were America's team? Because their quarterback was Captain America, Roger Stahlbeck. That's Vietnam War hero. That's why I say I, I'm, I'm, I'm too young. I don't, I don't, I don't see my my remembrance of NFL films is not John Facenda. Uh, my remembrance of the voice of NFL films is Harry Callis. 
Right, he came in second after after John. Right, they're both Philadelphia guys. Right, but uh, they called John Facetta the voice of God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I've heard but, the voice. I've just never really associated it with um, my you know life of NFL films watching. Yeah, so that's why the Cowboys are that way, and you know, of course, Landry they had uh, they had that stadium in Irving, right? With the mm. hole in the middle, you know why they had, they called it that? So, so God, God could watch, could watch the Cowboys. <laughs> I remember yeah, that exactly one. <laughs> hey, Michael, thank you for calling exactly. in. We appreciate it. Um, and and now you uh, you don't have the hole in the new stadium, but you've got this monstrosity of a screen. Which, if they were smart, um, you'd open up the hole and you'd have a screen facing up. Also, one side of the stadium is just that huge window wall. Yes. And depending on time of day, the glare through that window covers like half of the field. True. I will admit that um, they're not the only ones that have that, right? Arizona does as well. Right. Yep. Um, that is Kind of annoying. I mean, you, that means you're just missing out on another what twelve thousand people that could already be in the monstrosity of a of an AT and T stadium that you already have. Mm. Um, uh, texter from the four nine five. This is this is you know I'm doing this to spite the guy that's like don't start don't hate you know, don't talk about the Cowboys. There's nothing to talk about. Josh, the Bears last won the Super Bowl in 1984. 84. 49ers last won in 1995, yet people don't acknowledge that. Yes, the Cowboys last won it in 1996, but they forget to mention that they won the Super Bowl three in four years. There are 32 teams in the NFL, and winning a Super Bowl is tough to do. Cowboys do basically the Cowboys won the Super Bowl three times in the last 28 seasons. Um, I hate to, to break it to this Cowboys fan who has to kind of you know, chop back at, at everything that we have here. Um, when your team is named America's team, I'm sorry, it's not acceptable to not have won a championship since 1996. You're America's team. You're not a sleeper. Haven't the Chiefs won two out of three? Yes. Yeah. I mean, my team hasn't won in a little while, but yeah. you know, it doesn't I, – I could say, and I think we have – I'm sorry, we don't talk about it as much as Dallas. You know, we talk about Dallas because everybody pays attention to Dallas. Um, you can be disappointed in the fact that Green Bay didn't win, win more um, yep. with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Fact. Yep. Um, that has been discussed. They were certainly in enough NFC championships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's we'd start talking about individual players. Bears, we don't talk about because, you know, we're just kind of used to this. I'm and, sorry. And they're not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is no expectation, unfortunately, for your team to be good. There is an expectation that America's team should be good. And, uh, you know, one playoff win here, one playoff win there does not encapsulate being good. Sorry, your expectation is kind of like the Cal, uh, uh, the Yankees in Major League Baseball, who, by the way, are also not good. Your expectation is championship or bust could every you, year. Could you make the case that generations shift and a new team can take up the title of America's team? Because there, there's something going on with the Chiefs right now that has widespread national appeal. Why... They bump other teams from Sunday night. Yeah, I I would be open to giving the America's team moniker to somebody else. Yeah. I have been open to doing that for years 
on end. Me too. Um, man, would it be Kansas City? Would it be? I think right now. Does America love Kansas City? I think that's uh, that's the question you have to ask. I don't yourself. know if there's quite the hatred for the Chiefs as there was like the hatred for the Patriots, and that's what factors in. Because I think if you're going to give somebody else the America's Team moniker, yeah, you can't have a bunch of people who are lukewarm about it. I know it's got to be you love them, which a lot of people do, and you got to be you got to have a bunch of people who despise them. Mm. I don't know that there's a lot of people who despise them because, frankly. Um, Frankly, uh, you know Patrick Mahomes is likable. They're they're fun to watch. Yeah, they look different from uh, an art perspective, like the art of football. It's a different style of football than really anybody else that you watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of America's team, texter from the two two four. Back in the seventies and early eighties, during the beginnings of cable TV, oh, the, ca- the beginnings of cable. WTBS called the Braves America's team. Mm. But remember, uh, they were the only team that was having their games shown across the country because the TBS Superstation had the rights to the Braves, and almost every Braves game, uh, there are a few that were shown regionally on a channel that that was called Peachtree TV before the end, but almost every Braves game was nationally televised. On TBS, and yep. that is why, because I that's I remember watching them growing up for a little while uh, with uh, Skip Carey and Pete Van Weeren, um, and uh, and and Joe Simpson. That's why they were called America's Team because everybody could watch them. And frankly, there are people I I don't know how many still, but there I I still talk to people here and there who say they are Braves fans because when they grew up, they watched them on TV yep. on on TBS Superstation. I mean, that's kind of cool, especially when you have networks here that show, like, the Dodgers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you can text us and call us at 808-296-1420. People have. I see people getting into the phone lines. We'll get there coming up next. It's Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Sports Center, we've got our first look at traffic. Oh, um, we have an update to something we talked about yesterday. Ooh. Remember, we, um, we we were talking about uh, whether Christmas stuff is too early. Uh, we also played Wham's Last Christmas as part of that. Uh-huh. Um, went shopping yesterday. Got an update on uh, holiday shopping coming up in just a little while. Jamal has been uh, waiting very patiently on our phone lines. Uh, Jamal, thank you for calling in. How are you? Oh, gentlemen, it's an honor to speak. I have a question for Hunter Hughes. Uh, uh, what's your perspective on the Detroit Lions? Do you think they have a deal you know, in the NFC North and, made, and, and go uh, deeper in the playoffs? Thank you. Why don't I get a crack at that? <laughs> Come on, man. He doesn't want to hear what you have to say. Because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> no. Uh, but what's your prediction? Um, I Sure. <laughs> I, I'm not I, like. Man, you're so thank con- you, Jamal, you're, you're for the, so the call. Con- so convincing. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not good with predictions, man. Like, sure, they could. 
Anybody could, technically. Um, oh, that fence is so comfortable, yeah. the one that you're riding on right now. I mean, now. I, I feel like this is the um, the Vikings division. Yes. I, I still I feel like the Vikings are the best team yeah. in the North right now. The Bears are in a rebuild. The Packers are in a rebuild. The Lions would be the challenger to the Vikings right now. Well, that was going to be my next question. Um, the best question is not who's going to win the division. The best question is number two. I think right now it would be the Lions. I'm still not sold on the the potential of all of the Bears' new pieces of what they've added to the team, although they could be great mm-hmm. if that's all you know, well and good there. I just... I'm not completely convinced. I, I'm more on the curious side. It's similar to Hawaii before game one. It was like tough to really say until right. we get out there and play some ball. So um, I feel like the Lions are probably the number two. Uh, man. Um, thanks this, for the call, though, Jamal. Yeah. Um, thanks for leaving me out of it. <laughs> um, texter from the 722. Man, we, we went the um, the thread that this show, this uh, first hour went has been um it, we we call it the sports radio pyramid mm. and we kind of broke the pyramid and branched the pyramid out to to different threads that we didn't know we were going to get to so the superstation right hey guys there were three superstations text from the 722 can't remember the names but one had the cubs games i know that one that's wgn wgn america wgn america um WGN America has gone through a lot of changes. They are now News Nation, uh, for those that don't know. Uh, But yeah, WGN America had the Cubs and the White Sox. But the thing about them, what made them different than TBS, was that not all the games were national. They did have a regional sports network that aired probably most of their games um, just Regionally, but there were select yeah. games. I grew up in Chicago. It was WGN yeah. Chicago Channel Nine. Yeah. yeah, um, you know, but you also had, I think it was Comcast Sportsnet Chicago, yeah, or whatever it was at the time. And WGN America also had just very few Bulls games. Mm. I remember that they could show to a to a national audience. They also one time had Harvard Yale. Really? Yeah. Football. Yeah. That huh. that that rivalry. Okay. That's been kind of like jumping around all over the place. The other one. Uh, the third did the Yankees with lots of Carvel ice cream commercials. I don't know that one. <laughs> I've uh, I've never seen that station. I don't know if it was uh, was here or not, but uh, never seen the Yankees one. Uh, from the two five eight Atlanta Braves, America's team from TBS grew up with Chipper Jones as being my favorite player. Yep, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, Smoltz, Andrew Jones. Yeah. Um. I'd make the argument to to that texter from the two five eight, Chipper Jones is not as likable if he's not seen by a national audience for as long as his career was. Mm. Because there there is a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah, he had kind of a high maka maka kind of a, a little bit chin up in the air vibe a, a little to him. bit. But yeah, he's he's kind of cool when he's in a booth. Um, you know, kind of cool. So. Um, yeah, we, we, we got the Superstations in there. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that Texter remembered WGN America, which also, man, uh, what other shows were on WGN America? I think they might have had 
You know what? Don't quote me on it. I was going to say Star Trek, but I don't, I don't think it was. That's mm. BBC America. Sports Center traffic coming up. I couldn't deny you Van Halen much longer. Couldn't do it. Ah, nothing sounds like that. Nope. There Literally is nothing. Certain, certain bands that have their uh, their own style. That is that is one. You know the uh, other one that I that I love. Um, I am a I'm a big Chicago fan. Oh yeah. You know our love was meant to be. Yes. Yes. With a very elevated, mm-hmm. very elevated note. Kind of love lasts forever. You know, you're kind of you're on it. Yeah. You're, you're kind of on it. I know. Um, coming up, <laughs> coming up, Hawaii football. Um, it seems like after the Vanderbilt game, I know I'm, I'm not saying anything new here, uh, that there is a lot more uh, belief in this Rainbow Warrior team going up against Stanford. Uh, we were just looking at uh, some of the advanced numbers that uh, that we'll go through coming up in just a little bit. We got to update something we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, we were talking, and I don't remember how we got here, seasonal stuff. Oh, uh, for whatever reason, we got to uh, pumpkin spice stuff, right? And yeah. um, And how pumpkin spice stuff is being sold really early. Because it's the anniversary of it, and you know it's August, so um, it's it's kind of like Halloween stuff being sold in August. Like if you're finding Halloween candy, so um, I'm also waiting to see which businesses unfortunately closed down and then are you know filled with a spirit of Halloween store. That's uh, that's not that's not nice. I know it's not nice, but it always happens. Oh, you mean temporarily Tem- closed yeah. down or yeah, temporarily? Uh, okay. Just how spirit of Halloween stores just like pop up all over town? Okay, for I, like a month or two. I I thought you were thinking more along the lines of just like closing in general and then, no, you oh. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking and about. You now. see those like really big bright orange signs that say Halloween costumes sold here. It's like um, you know that that uh, that that calendar store. That go uh, calendars and books or whatever it is. Yeah, Liz knows what I'm talking about. It used to be one where it was very seasonal. Like once it got to October and November, that store would open. You had like 30 different varieties of Monopoly. They had about 100 different types of calendars. And it would be open for about three months. And then it'd be gone. Nowadays, that store has gone from seasonal to 12 months a year. Because uh, I think they realized you can buy Monopoly all year. You know that Super Mario's um, Super Mario Brothers version of Monopoly, it's there. Mm. Um, three different Star Wars versions, it's there. You can find about twenty different puppy calendars, it's there. So um, yeah, that 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 seasonal stuff is no longer. But I had to update you and 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 Liz, make sure make sure audio's up uh, so I can I can kind of hit this. I I needed to uh, to update you on something we talked about yesterday. Um, about how, um, you know, seasonal stuff like this, maybe maybe not necessarily a Christmas song because you could just kind of hum this That's all right. year, right? So A texter texted in asking if you swapped out Christmas for Easter. Last Easter. Easter. I gave you my heart. I, I, I'd say gave you my eggs, but that would be kind of weird. Um, I don't think you have eggs. 
Josh. Not just, to get weird and in the DNA Just went to the again. store. Yeah. Just went to the store. Oh. Brown eggs at Costco. That kind of eggs. My gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> I went to Costco yesterday. Yep. Cars, Hunter. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I went to Costco yesterday, and literally within the first 30 seconds of walking into the store, what do I see? Fake Christmas trees and Christmas tape and wrapping supplies. It's August 28th. And we've already got Christmas stuff on the shelves of Costco. It is it is a new era of winter earliness. This used to be the time where it was Halloween bags, and we'd be saying, wait, why do we have Halloween candy in August? We're two months away. Now it's Christmas wrapping. We're four months away from Christmas. What? So they, they, they had them in that initial kind of smorgasbord as you walk into Costco, not designated to a section. It's just kind of as you walk in. Like yeah. We're, we're one of those like makeshift arcade NFL blitz machines would so, be like standing. So it was one of those – I took a picture. I, I showed you. It was, it was like the end cap. The end cap means it's at the end of the aisle. So when you're walking, instead of walking between the aisles, when you're walking okay. past yep. aisles, yep. usually your end caps are stuff that they're featuring. So I see like Christmas tape, you know, the the Santas and the, you know, Christmas tape. And then I see Christmas wrapping paper. And then I see fake Christmas trees. Or no, I'm sorry. Um those Christmas hats that, that, you know, those um, that has a star on the top that you can wear to be, you know, festive and jolly. Sure. Fake Christmas hats. Um, this was in the – if you walked down that aisle on your right, um, shelving. <laughs> it's August. You know, you know the only people which means it's been cleared out. You know the if only If you have shelving right there, that yeah. means people have bought it. And 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 by the way, um people like to buy furniture from Costco. It's cheap and it's quality. Yeah. Uh I've I've got several pieces of furniture from Costco. It's Hashtag cheap Kirkland. and it's quality. Um but uh you know the only people who are buying Christmas things in August? Who? Grandma and Grandpa. You know why? Because they think all year long about their kids and their yeah. grandkids because they are so lovable. Yep. That, and loving. And, yes. And planners. Th that's what I meant. Yeah. Yep. And, and yes, they are planners. And so they're thinking about Christmas gifts for their kids, more so their grandkids, uh, probably the day after their birthday. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're probably wrapping it in October. And then – once December starts, your gift is already ready. They give it to, to their kids to give to their grandkids. Grandma and Grandpa, the best people ever because they're always so thoughtful. Of course. Uh, those are the only people buying Christmas stuff in August because I'm telling you, uh, my Christmas gifts, while they are thoughtful, 
they are bought the week before Christmas. Dang. I am I even am, even your wife? Well, they're thoughtful. So I I, you know, I it's, question it's, the thoughtfulness. Well, okay. They are thoughtful. I hate to go there, but No, go there. Go there. There's go, levels go, of thoughtfulness if go. you wait until the week before. Don't confuse lack of thought with procrastination. Um no, I am I am a I'm notorious saying, procrastinating gift. I'm not giver. saying you can't pull off thoughtfulness week prior. I'm just saying there's levels to thoughtfulness. Sure. Um I think about it throughout the month. Sometimes before that, I think about, yeah, I, I know she'd like this. And the to, execution is the problem. Also, to your defense, the world is at our fingertips now. Yeah. With iPhones, Amazon Prime. The, I actually want to apologize and rescind my initial comments because there's actually <laughs> you don't quite have to apologize. Well, there's quite a bit of thoughtfulness that can be accomplished now quickly with things like Amazon Prime. Unless unless okay. your last minute thoughtfulness is an online gift card. <laughs> unless they That's that's not thoughtful. Un, unless they asked for it. Whether it is, you know, your coworker or your significant other, unless they said, hey, hun, you know what I want for Christmas is a $100 Amazon gift card. Unless they said that and you could get that as an e-gift card the week of, that's not thoughtful. That's not thoughtful. Okay. Because you could do that at like uh, 11.59 at night the night before Christmas. My thing is. Um, I know what I'm doing, but I keep not getting myself to the store. And then I get to the store and then I buy a bunch of things at one time and then I'm done. So like I, I may do my shopping the week of, but I am knocking it out like in a couple of days. And then, um, see the hard thing is wrapping gifts. In fact, I think lately it's been like, no, you don't need to wrap gifts. It's just, it's just us at home. Um, so my wrapping gifts, I bring them to work. So because I still like the idea, this is the kid in me, I guess. Oh, of course. I still like the idea of wrapping gifts and not having her see them. Yeah. The um, reveal. Right. Yeah. Where that, I that's mean, the best part. You know, you're adults. You're just getting stuff for each other that you might have already gotten in May or June. Sure. Uh, but I just like the idea of seeing the surprise. So I bring my gifts to work. I bring the wrapping paper to work. I bring the tape to work. I bring the pair of scissors. I bring the bags. Yeah. And I spend like an hour to two here at work when nobody's around wrapping gifts. I love it. Yeah. See, that's thoughtful because I like the element of surprise. Oh, yeah, dude. You can pull it's it off. Texter. Great sports talk. Sorry. Uh not apologizing for that. <laughs> tell, mean, tell me, tell me a sports show that is one thousand percent sports talk, yeah. and uh, good luck with that. Um, but that's the update. That is that is the update on uh, holiday shopping from yesterday's show. Just figured, you know, we, we can't need, leave. Uh, I guess Costco's the place if you need wrapping paper for Christmas, because uh, better go quick. Christmas you know is around the corner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's August. It's good. All that wrapping paper is going to sell out in September. Um, you know what else Costco is good for, right? Hot dogs. 
dollar fifty cent hot dog and drink combo. Yes, sir. That's right. Uh, we'll check on uh, traffic coming up in a little bit. Yes, we will get to University of Hawaii football coming up next. The Stanford game. Boy, this could be a telling game for this Hawaii football team. That's coming up in a little bit. And, of course, tomorrow night, the Timmy Chang Show uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. Now, remember the time, 7 p.m., Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua Shopping Center. We had to move it back uh, an hour so we could accommodate practice because the practice schedule kind of changed a little bit this week. So uh, 7 p.m., Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua, John Veneri. Uh, Coach Chang talking about UH football, looking back to last week. And uh, certainly, I, I'm, I'm guessing Pofele Ashlock is going to be one of the guys that uh, get a lot of talk this week and maybe on tomorrow night's show. So uh, make sure you drop by or listen in or watch on social media. It is the Timmy Chang Show on ESPN Honolulu. Traffic right here. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. It is game week for Hawaii and Stanford. Let's go. Five o'clock Friday. We'll be on the air at three with countdown to kickoff. Uh, Arnold Martinez and I uh, presented by Coke Zero, Modelo, and Diotani Produce. Uh, we'll lead you up to kick. They're, uh, they're going to have uh, not only the the anthems, they're going to have a pule, and they're going to have a moment of silence for uh, for those on Maui, by the way. Cool. Uh, and we'll be. I think we're going to air some of that uh prior to kick so I, I would um i would urge you to get there a little earlier uh kickoff is uh, or i'm sorry gates open i think at 12 30 um or at least the, the campus will open up at 12 30 and then they've got stuff going on um over at les murakami stadium i sent you something earlier um uh, i i know that everybody's talking about how different this game might look now, Hawaii and Stanford. I mean, you know, we, we know that Stanford is still the favorite. I think it was, was it 10? I think uh, before the season started, that has uh, certainly dropped. I mean, we look at uh, CFB graphs. They have their advanced stats preview. They have Hawaii as a 52.8% win probability percentage. <sighs> Uh, to Stanford's 47.13, and they have projected points because, you know, we can just project things. Hawaii 20.5 to Stanford's 18.7, which to me is kind of a pick em. Um Yeah. If you're wondering, by the way, um, Stanford minus 3.5, uh, according to uh, what ESPN.com has on Unreal. their uh, scorebook. 3.5. No, Stanford's favorite. Stanford's favorite. Yeah. By three and a half. But, I mean, you, you compare that to what it was yeah. uh, before the season started. That's pretty impressive. I mean, we're we're looking at some of the advanced stats, and you were kind of reminded of something going back to, like, 2007. When you were, I think you were thinking of uh, yards per game. Um, but you've got, you've got so many numbers here that are not necessarily great. I mean, both sides don't have great numbers, which I think is kind of interesting. But the one, if we were to look at at keys here, yeah, Stanford defensive pa- uh, defensive success rate against the pass, thirty four percent. I think that was like number eight 
in the advanced stats. Okay. Um, probably one of the best numbers that they had. Rush rate over expected, minus 9.5%. That's a top 15 number. Um, Hawaii doesn't necessarily have a lot of that on its side. It's, it's rush rate over expected. It's minus uh, 6.9%, which is, by the way, how much more often did you run than the average team in any given situation? That's what um, rush rate over expected is. Okay. Um, so I, I look at some of those numbers, and I, I kind of see where the game could be won or lost. If I'm looking directly at Stanford's strength from a year ago, and, Hawaii, and because we don't have a, a Stanford game to look at this year, and I'm looking at what Hawaii did against Vanderbilt, I'm looking right at that defensive success rate that Stanford has at number eight, 34%. And, um, and I'm wondering to myself, that's, uh, I, I'm wondering to myself if Hawaii does well uh, against, their, um, against their defense in the air, Hawaii could win this game. I really feel not only because Stanford is in the middle of a, of a, re, of a rebuild right now, um, kind of in that bottom drawer of what's left of the Pac-12, uh, not to mention all that craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, with what we saw from just our team, because we can only control what we can control, right? Yeah. If Hawaii goes out there and is able to Again, conservatively, get one score a quarter. I think from just a mathematical standpoint, Josh, we can outscore them. If you go by that, yeah. Just purely from that, without getting into the nitty-gritty of um, position groups, uh, winning the turnover, all all that stuff, which we will get into with uh, Coach Arnold Uh Martinez in the the next hour. Um, I'm with you. It's... A turning of the tide, specifically from what Hawaii showed on tape last week against Vanderbilt, we absolutely could win this game. I don't believe, and, and maybe I just missed it in in the game notes. I don't recall. I was going to say I don't. I don't recall seeing Stanford's depth chart, but they like buried it. Stan- I know. I I've done. I've dug up a couple of things, and I, I can't grab it either. Um, Stanford, in fact, I don't think has even, um, he has not announced their, uh, Troy Taylor's not announced their starting quarterback. He says they won't reveal their starting quarterback before the opener. (laughs) Um, either that is, we really don't know, or that is, we're going to make you prepare for every one of our quarterbacks and see how that works, which I personally hate, by the way. Uh, or we're trying to keep everything under wraps because we need every strategical advantage as possible heading mm. into this game. Oh, by the way, their depth chart, every skill position except for tight end, it's oars. Wow. Yeah. Quarterback, uh, Ashton Daniels, Justin Lamson, Ari Patu, all oars at or- the uh, QB spot. Uh, which is uh, which is fun. It's fun for us. Uh, they're running backs. Four all oars. Four of them. Four oars. Yeah. Uh, there's and that's a, O-R, not O-A-R. <laughs> it's 
correct. There is They're some, not in a boat. There is some next-level non-committal uh, in, uh, in Stanford's depth chart. Uh, don't forget about uh, athletes. You can check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube page. It is presented by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Traffic here, Sports Center's on the way. This show has featured lots of engagement over the course of the day. We've had the uh, don't need to talk about the Cowboys anymore, to which we did. Yeah. Um, We've had the uh, fitting a Dak Prescott narrative, to which we debunked that. We had the uh, great sports talk, to which we continued. Texter from the 497. This is our Zephyr Insurance text line, by the way. It's been rolling throughout the day. Your calls have been great as well. Appreciate you guys. If Hawaii defeats Stanford in football this Friday, Hunter, do you think that may influence the ACC's decision on accepting Stanford and California to their conference? No. I don't think the ACC cares one bit about whether Stanford wins or loses against Hawaii. Um, This is purely a move based on money. This is not based on whether Stanford defeats a group of five school. (laughs) But um, we appreciate you thinking about uh, Hawaii's potential role in conference realignment. I don't know. Um, Yeah, that's that's. Not going to happen. It, I mean, it, it should have been done by now, but unfortunately, the um, the shooting at North Carolina yeah. was what delayed the vote. It is very possible now that vote doesn't happen until next week because of the uh, tragic events in Chapel Hill. To put that all in perspective, so perspective based on this, two things. A, Hawaii-Stanford means nothing to conference alignment, and B, conference alignment takes a backseat to campus safety. Um I think we can all agree on that, right? And conference realignment isn't going to take place for another year. Mm-hmm. So there's time on this. Yes. Sensitivity towards one of their most influential members, like a very key school to the ACC, especially basketball, is North Carolina. Right. There's some sensitivity to all of this that in a voting member like that school, they've got other things that they're that they're focused on right now. You know, I was um, I was thinking about something we were just talking about a moment ago, and that was the Stanford depth chart. Um, basically, this is the um, this is the OR game. Uh, that's O R, like you said, not O A R, mm. because uh, there are a lot of skill position guys that have the uh, the OR next to their name. We mentioned a quarterback, Ashton Daniels, or Justin Lampson, or Ari Patu. They have four running backs in in line to potentially start. Uh, three different wide receiver groups have oars. Um, and we can talk about defense in a, in a little bit, although none of their starting positions seem to have a, an oar next to its name. By the way, good luck to Alakai Gilman, the uh, the Punahou alum, starting on the uh, one mm-hmm. of the safety spots for, uh, for Stanford. Nice. Let's put the perspective in here, because I was thinking about normally I hate that coaches waste time on – Oh, let's make them prepare for, you know, all two of our quarterbacks. Let's yeah. let's let's keep this thing close to the vest because that usually tells me you're spending more time on deception. That's right. And that time could be spent on fine tuning your own team. 
Can you make an exception for this? Hawaii has no film on Stanford with its new head coach, its new coordinators. Coach is coming from uh, from Sacramento State. Uh, defensive coordinator coming from Wisconsin. Um, you can have an idea of what they run. They're a Temple offense because Stanford's offense was very – I'm sorry, Sacramento State's offense was very good at the FCS level. Yep. Um, but you can watch all of that film that Sacramento State did, but it's not the same personnel. You could get ideas and concepts and all that, but it's exactly. not the right – it's not the same people. So in this instance, Stanford's got Hawaii film. Hawaii does not have Stanford film. Advantage? Um, are you asking if Stanford has an advantage? Yes. Um, I see where that could potentially be an angle – Similar to how Vandy didn't have any film on this era of the run and shoot mm-hmm. under Timmy Chang. Um, there is a little bit with that, but as a former player, alumni, I feel like at the end of the day, we're responsible for what we can control to go out there and handle our business to the best of our our ability. That's what we're responsible for. Um, offensively, especially in the run and shoot, you take what the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. You make adjustments on the fly. Same thing goes on the defense. Um, Coach Yoro does a great job at that. Uh, I've watched that throughout the years. Something that he does really well is make good adjustments depending on what the other team is throwing at him. Um, and so regardless of what they throw at us, I don't expect, uh, there to really be anything that nuts. Uh, now if they came out in a wishbone or an I formation and started running <laughs> the veer yeah. against us, similar to like how you have to prepare for air force. Mm-hmm. Now that could be scary if they had a crazy fast quarterback that we didn't know about who made just razor sharp decisions and they ran the triple option veer against us that's that's something but the the majority of teams run some sort of west coast pass pass first type of an offense especially on that side of the country it's just kind of in the water um and the uh the brotherhood of coaches uh, around that uh around that side of the country as well it kind of follows regionally mm-hmm. i don't expect stanford to throw anything obscene at us that we're right. not ready for is my point um it, it makes me think on the hawaii side too okay hawaii threw out the um the solo package it's true. Hawaii threw out the goal line package with Morris. Wildcat. The Wildcat. Yep. Um, either Hawaii threw out a lot in in that week zero game that's opened up film, or Hawaii threw out some things, but there are a lot of things that we haven't seen that, that's been kept behind, you know, kept under wraps. Now, I don't know that necessarily matters. I mean, we're talking about not, I don't want to say gimmicky things, but we're talking about, you know, different concepts and ideas. Certainly alternative. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, you've gotten the gist of what Hawaii is. I think if you're 
if you're Stanford. I think the question that I was going to ask you, and I know we talked about it during the break, it's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. If Stanford indeed is going up tempo um, with their you know their offense, and let me let me give you the Sacramento State numbers from last year. Fourth in scoring offense, 42.9 points per game. That's This is FCS. Fourth in total offense, just under 500 yards a game. Seventh in rushing offense, 243 yards per game. I do not expect 43 points, 500 yards, 243 on the ground. I do not expect that from the Stanford team. Does Hawaii's defense, if Stanford is what it is, yeah. does Hawaii's defense match up well against that tempo offense? So, I, I, I think tempo actually does uh, us some favors. Okay. Tempo is not fast. It allows for our coaching staff to have a little bit more time to make those adjustments, to get those reads and those play calls to Logan Taylor at, at the Mike middle, middle linebacker position. If a team is out there running no huddle, you're doing that to keep the defense on their heels. I think if you are running tempo and they're kind of a run-dominant team, uh, that does well for us. It allows for maybe some stunts to be pulled on our D-line, our linebackers to get around the edge. Um, Tufanga had a phenomenal game last game, getting into the backfield, some tackles for loss, um, some sacks as well. Um, I, I think if you're going to strictly talk tempo, I think that that goes well for us. And the the other thing, if they want to, if they want to throw the ball on us, be my guest. Uh-huh. That that is the foundation of our defense. We talked about that last week going up against uh, Vanderbilt. It and our secondary and um, and our DBs outside of a couple of maybe uh, blown assignments here and there. I thought did a pretty good job keeping uh, AJ Swan kind of capped in that Vanderbilt game. So. In that, again, you talk about tempo. Especially later, yeah. That, that's right. Um, tempo means we're going to be able to catch our breath. So I think any time that the offense gives that to us, because, again, they have full control over that. They're the ones snapping the ball. They're the ones deciding when we play football or not. Mm-hmm. That's all on them. If they decide to take their time, that means we get to take our time too. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. You can uh, text in at 808-296-1420. Texter from the 781. Film is BS. Defenses always react to the moment. Uh, Offenses don't look at film. They never did. They just go and fly. I can't speak to that. Um, that, How do do you feel about that? um, That could not be more untrue. Okay. Could not be more untrue. That's why teams trade film. It's a courtesy to the other uh-huh. team. We see you guys on the phone, so we'll get to you in a second it's here. A, it's, it's a competitive um, honor to the other team, tip of, tip of the cap, if you will, that this is a decent thing before we decide to, to bear arms. We're going to show each other who uh, who we are on film. The, the, these guys are, are, are kids, student athletes. You can only tell them to run certain schemes that you have practiced Mm -hmm. and you run certain schemes each week that they implement 
to attack the other team's weaknesses that they show on film. So I hear what they're saying, but we're not professionals. We are we're we're talking about college athletes here. So they are being told what the coaches tell them to do and then react from that place. But they they absolutely use film to build a scheme. Let's get Jackson into the conversation. Jackson, how are you? Hey guys, how you doing? Good yourself? Not bad, not bad, Josh. So, you know, I want to just one observation from the game. And by the way, you know, they look much better than they did last year. Um, I'll be there on Friday to support them. Awesome. Um, but, man, let me t- one thing that drove me nuts, guys, was that drive in the third quarter, okay, where they wasted two timeouts, okay? And the second timeout, you knew it was coming because they had the camera on Schrager and Timmy. And Timmy's trying to talk to him. And I could see the count, the play clock going down. Okay. And basically, if, I'm, if my memory is correct, Schrader left Timmy at around 15 seconds to go. He then kind of slowly jogs over to the huddle. There's, at that point, there's probably 10 seconds left. He calls the plays. And I think they get to the line with maybe four or five seconds to go. And then, of course, that's not enough time. And then, of course, Timmy had to use his second time out then, right? That drove me nuts. I was screaming at the TV, what are you guys doing, right? And then, to make things worse, coming out of that plate, what did we run? We ran like a two-yard right off right tackle play that gained two yards. Um, but that was terrible. And, th- you know, there were some things last year that were similar. I seem to recall... Like after a TV timeout, we either took a delay of game or we had to call another timeout last year. And these kinds of things need to get cleaned up. But we wasted two timeouts on that drive. Those timeouts would have helped us much later on in the game. Hopefully those things get cleaned up. That's all I want to say. Go Bulls. Jackson, thank you for calling. Uh, we, we talked about the timeouts yesterday. Um, it was probably on my end, my... You know my area of concern, yep. but I think you and I both agree. Um, you why know, coaching everybody kind of agreed the grade was yes. around a B. I think I gave it a. Did I say B or B minus? I think I notched it down a, yeah. a tad just because of that. Um, but I think we both agreed. Yeah, timeouts were not used well in the second half. But did that cost Hawaii to the game? I don't no. think so. Nope. It's like when people complain. Oh, that. Um, that call that they overturned that uh, um, the quarterback was across the line of scrimmage when he threw the football, yeah. when they overturned it and found that part of his body had not crossed the line of scrimmage, yep. that did not cost Hawaii the game. Nope. The, that, whole, that timeout had nothing to do with uh, allowing a kickoff return yes. from Vandy, which ended up being the deciding scoring factor against us. To the caller's point, though um, – this could be the growing pains of the run and shoot and figuring out the communication, et cetera, on, um, you know, that's your first game doing it. It's one thing to go through it in practice. It's another thing in a game situation on the road. It could, it could be growing pains. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of the way I took it. Yeah. And so Timmy runs this run and shoot differently than much different than Rolo did. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a lot more hands-on communication from him directly to the quarterback. Because Timmy's calling the plays. Not only calling the plays, but giving 
quarterback um, advice, teaching, uh, inside little tips on, hey, when you see this, do that. He's kind of interim quarterbacks coach as well, which I I would have loved to play under because you're learning from someone who absolutely killed it in this offense. So if you watch on the sideline, there's a signal that comes to Braden. He knows the play. And then there's some communication directly from Timmy to Braden. That's why he jogs over to the sideline to have kind of a, a discussion. And so operationally, that is going to need to be kind of fine-tuned, especially down in distance with the clock winding down, play clock winding down. Are we putting our team in the best position on this particular play, on this drive? So, again, that that was game one. I, I agree with the caller. Some of that stuff is going to have to kind of be fine-tuned and tightened the screws, if you will, on right. that if we're going to be successful. More texts coming in. Um Red zone offense and Shager, two things that have been talked about here in the text line. We'll do that coming up here in a moment. Right now, our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, Yankees, a 4-2 win in Detroit over the Tigers today. Giants, 5-0 lead on the Cincinnati Reds going to the bottom of the fourth. That game is on our sister station, CBS 1500. A's with a 3-0 lead in Seattle, bottom four. Uh, Braves, Superstation, 3-1 lead on Colorado, top of the eighth inning. Dodgers, 3-0 on the Arizona Diamondbacks, bottom two. Uh, the Angels put a bunch of guys on waivers. Predictably, they lose uh, 12-7 in Philadelphia. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. Traffic in seconds. It's off the bench. Be on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. All right, Tuesday turnaround with Arnold Martinez is nine minutes away. Steven Tsai wrote an opinion piece in the Honolulu Star Advertiser about uh, the stadium situation. And I want to stress to people, it's not a, it's not reporting. It's a column. It's, uh, it's opinionated. Mm-hmm. Steven's got, he's got a lot of great opinions, in my, my personal opinion. Opinion of an opinion. <laughs> um, I, I especially loved his opinion on taking at least one game to Vegas. Yeah. That was controversial that people didn't like. I loved it. Uh, but he has some thoughts in this whole stadium situation, uh, especially with the the role of the future of Aloha Stadium that we'll get to uh, coming up in a little while. Our text line's been busy today. It has, um, it has brought a lot of stuff. Um, texter from the 375. How did Shager do, in your opinion? I, I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but that texter may not have been listening. Mm-hmm. So uh, how, how did how did Shager do? Uh, give I him give, a grade. I'd give Shager a B plus. Okay. Similar to our overall offense. Mm-hmm. Great downfield throws. Really good. Um, quick uh, throw decision-making on the hitches, the little mesh over the middle throws that actually provide the foundation to build upon in the offense. Uh, I know he probably would want the throw, uh, the, you know, yeah. in the red zone, the, uh, the the pick in the end zone back. But uh, outside of that, he had to be aggressive later in the game to uh, put us in a position to maybe beat an SEC opponent, and that linebacker was hiding behind the ref. So um, I, I don't fault him on that second pick at all. 
Um, speaking of that pick, uh, Texter from the 636, rewatched the game three times in the red zone, came out with zero points and two pick sixes were dropped. This is why we lost. Do you agree that that's the reason Hawaii lost? Well, another time in the red zone, we did score. Dalen Morris, Morris ran it in. Yeah, so that's a uh, yeah. I guess that's you know that's another a red one. Zone. That's a red zone score. Um, but uh, not to poke. I think holes it doesn't. Well, you can poke holes. I don't think it takes away sure. from the Texter's point. Um, the run and shoot takes on a much different identity from twenty yards and in. Um, it's uh, an offense built off of layering routes, and you need space mm-hmm. to be able to create that. So. Uh, I think there is certainly some fine-tuning for them this uh, this week at practice in the red zone play calling. And again, I, I've said it, Shager would probably want that throwback because not only was it late, it was indecisive. And uh, both of those you can't do. All right, I'm going to love the next hour. Next hour is going to be fun. Arnold Martinez, our Tuesday turnaround from 5 to 5.30. Well, really, 5.03 for being exact. Uh, Sports Center is on the way next. It's off the bench. John Venary's call on uh, Saturday night. Hawaii and Vanderbilt. McBride's first touchdown of the evening. Hawaii would fall in that game. You were one point shy each side. I was. You were very, very close. Very close. It was kind of like... We should make that a tradition every game. You know, we will. Um, For us, it's going to have to be tomorrow because uh, we're off Thursday. Florida and Utah is what we've got uh, here on uh, ESPN Honolulu. So you're... Um, Hunter's Premonitions will be a Wednesday special. Wednesday special. We'll, we'll usually do it Fridays. Yep. Um, you know, if, but it's a short week. Yeah. It's a shorter week for us. It's almost like Amazon Prime is uh, showing, our sh- showing our game on a Thursday. There you go. Uh, like so, yeah. Hunter's Premonitions coming Wednesday. Remind me so I don't forget. Gotcha. Uh, time for our, uh, our turnaround Tuesday. Uh, Arnold Martinez will be with us all year long uh, right around this time. Uh, we Our first segment is usually always looking back. Our, se- our second segment is always looking forward. And so uh, happy to have the coach uh, joining us now here on off the bench uh coach I, you know one of the things that we've gotten text on here and, and we encourage by the way uh people to call and text in uh to talk with the coach and uh talk with us we were talking about Braden shager people have been texting in about that um you know whether they blame him for the interceptions as one texter said i don't blame shager for the last pick um you know, I, I want to get your overall thoughts on what you saw from Shager in his first game in that, you know, truly inputted uh, Timmy Chang version of the run and shoot. Well, hello, me amigos. That's yes, sir. Um, yeah, got to get the, you know, stuff out. Got to get those. Hello, man. Um, and, yeah, got to get overthrows. Got to get those. Yeah, oh, tips and overthrows. You got to reverse. Yeah, got to get them. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I got to tell you, I actually would grade, I'd give Shager around a, a B, B plus for the game. I think, uh, you know, overall, I mean, it, it's funny how the, this game is, right? It's not one play that's going to cost you the game. You know, we don't, we don't win or lose on one play or two plays. In fact, um, how quickly they forget that he had his best yes. game ever. Right as as a UH quarterback, I think at halftime we were talking about this at at the thing. He was fifteen for seventeen at one point, one ninety six and 
two TDs and finishes with 27 to 35 with 351 yards and three touchdowns. Now, that said, it's kind of that deal, right? What have you done for me lately? And then, you know, we see the negative. People see the negative. I want to see uh, the positive a little bit more. But um, if you look at those two instances, in particular, the one after the penalty, which really destroyed that scoring opportunity, right? I think the magnitude of that moment, and I think, is what really crushes everybody's spirit on that particular play, right? Even even a coach, but you got to move on. And, you know, you tell them, hey, I know you're trying to make a play. Learn from it. Uh, first down and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that have gone into that. Uh, and I bet you they've looked at that on film and, and the coaches have uh, reevaluated even maybe even the play call, you know, and, and to put him in that uh, situation there. So, um, but he was trying to make a play. Obviously, he was off-platform balance. It was an all-arm throw. And uh, unfortunately, not enough to get it out there, and, um, it, and it took that scoring drive away. And we again, the magnitude of that, in addition to you can always pinpoint around five plays that could turn a game around, one or the other. That's definitely in the mix. Um, but uh, I understand folks' disappointment. But let's not be too hard on him. I thought he overall did it did a, a good job. I couldn't agree anymore, Coach. Uh, I felt that. You know, I, I talked about this in the the last hour a little bit. The the hitches, the 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 short throws over the middle in space. Um, mm-hmm. That those are actually what set up the big plays. The, those are the sure. things within the run and shoot. Uh, you know, in 2019, that uh, that set up. Guys like Cole McDonald, Chevin Cordero, Jason Matthews, Sharshu, mm-hmm. I threw with earlier today, and we were kind of reflecting on that. How many hitches he caught from Cole McDonald, and it created mm-hmm. yards after catch, or what we like yep. to call yeah. yak, um, mm-hmm. yak opportunities for the best athletes on the field to get upfield. Sure. He was six for six on his first six throws, correct? I mean, and, and, and it's a combination. You know, you get some protection, which wasn't the greatest in the beginning, but he was able to move out and still complete balls. And then, and then receivers converting their right routes correctly, uh, getting into open spots on the field. Um, but uh, he did deliver the, the balls, and you're right. It's, it's that buildup, right? It's all those other things. And But, again, I think that particular one was just after that screen, right, to, to – uh, you know, that went to the two and then the fumble and then the recovery and then, oh, man, we're going to score here. Um, you know, you just hate to lose those type of scoring opportunities like that. Um, but, again, there's a lot more that goes into it. And I thought he, overall, um, put it this way, if he doesn't play well, all this optimism and this hope that everybody's feeling right now doesn't exist. Yep. Right? Yep. Right? Do you want to take all that away? It's true. Do we want to just – harp on that one play and then take away all the other hopes and say, what if he was, you know, what if he only threw for 120 yards and one TD? The good far outweighs the bad. <laughs> yeah. With That's Shaker's right. performance. That's right. Um, That's right. And be, being able to throw without really all that much of a running game is difficult to do. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to branch off that and get your perspective. Uh, one from a blocking perspective and from a rushing perspective how much of what we saw in that Vandy game do you expect to kind of see again or do you see 
maybe a potential to bounce back and get some things established in our running game? No, I think we're. I think they're going to bounce back. Obviously, not uh, productive at all. I think net yards under forty or something. Hang on, I got some stats in there somewhere. But um, yeah, not, I think they're going to take that personal and 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 try to um, definitely improve there. However, you don't necessarily. Um, I wouldn't say you necessarily need it to be absolutely and totally successful. Remember, June Jones, you say my perfect game would be we don't run the ball one time. <laughs> Isn't that what June said in the bath, right? Uh, yeah, um, that'd be mine, too. After a number of games. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are ways to still uh, move the ball and, and be productive. However, um, I think it does. Like, for instance, you know, you can do those shovel passes that June used to have, right? And Or the uh, or, or you can throw in screens. But definitely want to keep the team off, off balance. If you're just going to, you know, because what could happen is they could just come heavy, heavy pressure package and play every down as a pass and try and clog every in, in, in passing lane and bring in a dime package and put, you know, extra DBs on the field, take linemen out, right? There's so many other things you can do if you know that they're, you're only going to do that. But even then, I think I think they tried to do that in the past against the run and shoot, and it, and it still had some success. So, um, but I think, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it was poor blocking. I thought Vandy, you know, did a good job of stuffing the lanes. They had good gap integrity. Um, you know, and, and they're going to they're gonna get back to work. You know, the offensive line has to get some vertical push, has to move that line of scrimmage, and we create what's called vertical rushing lanes. If you create these gaps where a running back can, you know, one cut and get through a little bit of daylight, you know, and, and have some movement in there. But uh, there just wasn't a lot of movement, so I think that's going to improve this game. Arnold Martinez joining us. It's our Tuesday turnaround here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. I want to turn to defense, and I remember very early on in that game watching it from Big City Diner in YPO that missed tackles. Uh, that was something yep. that we saw very early on. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking for things that the team improved upon, and I thought the tackling got better um, as the game went along, which kind of coincides with pressure in the backfield, tackles for loss. It, it seemed like that was something we complained about a lot last year, and in one game we started to see improvement from the first couple of drives on. Absolutely, and then you're right. We were we noticed a lot of missed tackles in that first quarter, and then it, you almost had some PTSD, right? Like, oh, man, this is going to be – is this going to happen again? Like, is it going to be a habit? You know, a mistake once, twice, maybe three times, it's a habit, right? And and then you start thinking, man, is this just part of the 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 culture? Is there something not being taught? But we saw it actually level out. They self-corrected. They got it going, and, and you could see the tackling did improve. And then you're right as far as the, the defensive, you know, production, three sacks, two QB hurries, nine TFL, six pass breakups. Gosh, that's like the stat line out of three games or four games combined that's right. <laughs> last season, correct? You know, so um, big fourth down stops. Um, Vandy was one for three on fourth down. You know, I thought the run defense held, you know, they held it pretty good. You, they were going to challenge the defense because everybody is until you can prove you can stop it. Vandy has 39 yards rushing. Um I think, you know, they can improve on the perimeter. They did, you know, hit some on the outside. I think they got to contain a little bit better, squeeze, set the edge on the outside on the perimeter runs. But huge improvement by the D-line uh, if we're going to compare from, you know, this one game to last season. So uh, I, I totally agree with you, uh, Josh. It got better. I think that's just, 
Now that's, that's your foundation. Now that's your baseline. You know, it's like you take the pre pre-test in the beginning, you take a post-test, post-test at the end. You want to see growth between the beginning and the end. Well, that's your baseline. We want to see progression, not regression. So we, you know, hopefully um, they use this, they, they show this on the film. They learn from, Hey, there's nowhere to go, but up from here, let's continue to grow. Coach, stay right there. Uh, we're going to turn from looking back to looking ahead uh, with Stanford on Friday. So uh, more with Coach Arnold Martinez coming up in a little bit. Do want to remind you, Coach, I think you're going to be there tomorrow night, right? Timmy Chang show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come by, definitely. Yes. But you guys are going to be there? I'll be there because I've been tasked right. to give away prizes tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, the, the, gotta, the right. backup prize giver guy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, make sure you join Josh us. Josh is off the bench for giving uh, <laughs> that, prizes away. That is right. It's very fitting. 7 <laughs> p.m. Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua Shopping Center. Uh, make sure you join us for uh, Call the Coach here on ESPN Honolulu. All right. Uh, traffic here. More with the coach coming up. It's off the bench. Your Tuesday turnaround here on ESPN Honolulu. Now, if this game were played on... Saturday, this would this would work well. It's Friday, Friday it's night's Friday. all right for fighting. That's the that's the edit we're making for Hawaii and Stanford. Our Tuesday turnaround. Let's bring Coach Arnold Martinez back in here. Um, one of the things we were talking about earlier, and I don't, I, I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, the film conversation. You you know the head coach was last at Sacramento State, but you know we're not talking about the same players. Defense really has a tie back to Wisconsin, but we're not talking about the same kind of players. This is a week one game. Um, how much does that film or lack thereof of quality film, how much does that matter here in a game like this? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. As, as a coach and every coach and friend I have, film is gold. Uh, and it's, it's super valuable. Um, in fact, that's why conferences mandate film exchange it's not even it's not uh you know within conference there's rules and bylaws that say you have to exchange film by a certain time Hmm. and a certain number and it's a certain number of games you get uh you get the most recent your choice and i think to to uh you know toss up to anyone you want uh, you know whatever they want to give you but in every conference is a little different but it is mandated um so it's very important, but in this situation, what normally what would happen is, so we know Troy's was the head coach at Sac State. Uh, by the way, I think I told you, I coached with Troy at Cal, mm-hmm. so we go way back. Troy was at Sac State. He was also um, the coordinator at Utah at one point, coordinator at Eastern Washington, Head coach at Folsom High School and won like two California State Championships, if not three. Did he ever run up um, with Shoemaker at Eastern Washington? Um, I think Ian followed him. I gotcha. Okay. If, 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 it's, if I'm correct. He might have been on staff, but I think Ian was after Troy. Yeah, it was way after Troy. So, um, um, but yeah, so, but what you'll, what you'll do is you will scour the earth and you'll get all the film from state all his years that he was there you'll get the film from he was at utah a couple and you'll get some film from eastern washington and what you'll end up doing is putting together a blueprint of basic schematics and philosophies uh, and tendencies okay so like um 
You know, what's your vertical, what's their vertical pass game look at like out of certain personnel. So it gets, it gets pretty specific. Um, but you can then put at least a small, um, scouting report or you got to put something together for your players. And what you want to do is you want to make sure you're not misaligned. Um, you know, alignment, assignment, key, and technique. Alignment is where everything starts on offense and defense, and you definitely don't want to be misaligned when you're on defense. And so if you can get all of, you know, a little bit of everything that he's done in the most recent, then that's how you're going to develop at least your base structure defensively on how you're going to get lined up. And then you'll look at some of the types of plays that he ran most recently. Um, now, you're right, it's not the same personnel. Uh, you know, with, with, with those kinds of players, but the schematic will travel. And uh, if you're, if you look at the film and you see the same type of dimensions and skill sets from players, like we know Stanford before Troy guys, so they'll do this too. They'll have a calculation, uh, you know, it'll get down to uh, science here. They'll, I'm sure coach Yoro has looked at the returning roster from Stanford and looked at the, probably some dimension, some roster information from last year too. Some, uh, some of the 2D uh, from last season, just to make sure who the returners are. And then you can see the girth, the size, dimensions of their lines, who's returning, who's not. And then you kind of piece, okay, with these type of players, when he had these players before, this is the type of scheme and the type of plays he liked out of what he ran. So there's a way to do some forensics, I guess you would say, some football forensics. Um, a good friend of mine, Dan Quinn, uh, he, uh, D coordinator Dallas, when he was the D coordinator for the Seahawks, uh, and they played Broncos in the Super Bowl, he, 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 uh, scouted five seasons of Peyton Manning and their scheme, all games for five years. He broke down all of them, him and his staff. So that's how much, uh, prep and forensics goes into it to develop your plan. So I'm sure coach Euro and the staff has done their due diligence and have found something to work off of. Arno Martinez uh, that's a long us. answer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're all good. Arno Martinez joining us. Come on a minute here, Hunter coach of all three of our, um, sides of the football. Which yeah. one of those do you think is going to make the biggest improvement come this Friday from what we saw first game? Well, I think everybody wants the special teams to make a lot of improvement, right? It was a tough game. Um, I think, uh, again, it's not one or two plays, but uh, it's a combination of maybe five different ones that kind of uh, put you behind the eight ball. And I think they had a couple uh, themselves, right? They had the, the, the punt, mishap, bad snap, forces a bad punt, short field, score shortly after for Vandy. And then after our score a 97 return. So those things, I think I'm sure, I'm sure chef, he's a good coach, great coach, good guy, high energy. I am sure he has been getting after it. <laughs> so I think, uh, that was going to make a good jump. And there was a bright spot there too. I think Cam Stone in the kickoff return unit was awesome. I think, you know, four returns for 90 yards, but, um, you know, I think that's going to make a big jump, but I, I, I think the offense is going to continue to grow too. Um, and, and make another leap. I mean, we haven't really seen uh, a screen, uh, a, the screen game in the run and shoot that can be a big time weapon. I don't know if Coach Timmy has it in there, if he's going to unleash it. We saw one screen, which was kind of like a running back, right? Slip screen there. 
Um, but uh, what about your 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 other screens, right? Your bubbles and your tunnels and all the different things you can do in the shoe. Once you get, if you can get vertical, which I guarantee Stanford's worried about now. Now you got them under heels a little bit based on situation, throwing some screens here and there. I mean, I think you can get really diverse. So I think you'll see some uh, some of the offense uh, open up a little bit more. And I think that special teams will make a big jump. Partner, I will uh, see you Friday afternoon at 3. Thank you. Awesome, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, All right, That is Arnold Martinez. We'll do that every Tuesday, the Tuesday turnaround uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. Traffic here, Sports Center on the way. It's off the bench. All right, uh, developing news. It's great we have Kevin Winter on Sports Center. I feel like every time we get KW, KW, uh, something usually happens with K-dubs uh, with us. It's usually noteworthy. Giants have a no-hitter right now through seven uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Five-nothing is the score. We will see um, We'll see Alex Cobb go back out. Cobb's got the no-hitter for the Giants. Uh, seven innings, six strikeouts, no walks. The blemish is an error that happened earlier in the game. He has thrown uh, how many pitches here? He's at 99. So this, I mean, it, he he could get through the ninth or the eighth, and depending what happens then, we'll see what happens. But uh, Giants trying to hold on to wild card hopes because it is, uh, it's it's pretty stressful at the moment. Uh, the current wild card standings in the National League, the Giants are a half game back of Arizona, who has the final wild card spot. Arizona's losing 6-1 to one to the Dodgers in the bottom of the fifth inning. Dodgers are playing really well. So, yeah, we're watching a couple things. Uh, Cobb with a no-hitter. Diamondbacks losing. Giants up 5 nothing on Cincinnati top eight. Uh, you can hear that Giants game right now on our sister station, CBS 1500. If that no-hitter is still intact going into the ninth, we may break in a little bit um, in our uh, our final segment of the show. That'd be cool. Last time we broke in. Actually, we didn't break in during the show. We broke in after. Remember when the Yankees got their no-hitter yes. in Oakland? We broke in um, when our show was done. That was cool. Um, there is a uh, column from Stephen Sy in the uh, Honolulu Star Advertiser today. If you haven't read it, it is, uh, it is worth a read. Um, he's What he's basically telling people, and again, this is not reporting. I don't want people to take what Stephen Sy wrote as reporting, but take it as opinion because it is. But what he's basically telling people is to, you know, come to grips with the idea that you might want to get used to the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. In fact, the headline says it all. It's past time to admit that new stadium isn't coming. That's what he said. Um, you know, obviously, there's no developer, um, but we already know that. And I don't, I don't want people to kind of feel like something's wrong here. We didn't expect a developer right now in the current iteration of it because it's a lengthy time period. Aloha Stadium is not supposed to get knocked down until I think 2024, 2025. I want to say more like 2025 mm. to be ready to uh, to to 2028. Um, there have been, this has been so political. There have been so many people, um, who have had their hands in it and changed it and adjusted it. 
And what he's saying in this, the last line from Steven Sai, it's been 985 days since Aloha Stadium was self-condemned. Maybe it's time to look at a new plan. I I don't I, I'm I'm holding out hope on the stadium. It's not that I want to be too optimistic. I want to see this as something bigger than UH. Mm. You know, we know that UH uses the stadium, but as yep. the stadium has said previously, UH is not its, you know, most visible tenant. Uh well, I, well I, let me take that back. They are their most visible tenant, but they don't use it more than anybody else. That's right. There is a lot riding. We technically only use it seven nights out of the year. Right. And then practices and whatever, but yes. seven nights truly with people inside. Yes. There is so much riding on it that not happening would be a travesty and failure of epic proportions that to me would have to lead to firings. Mm. You have like these verbal promises of professional soccer being played here. You have, you know, as, as Josh Green, the governor, has said before, it's a place for our, our, our youth to play. Um, we've already lost things with the stadium's existence to begin with. High school state championships right now being played at high school sites. Yeah. Um, there is so much more riding on this that it cannot afford to not happen. I believe you can have both. And I believe we should have both. I've said this to you before. I think the idea of the stadium being built and then getting rid of what is what are these rented bleachers is to me disappointing. Because I could see things happening at the Clarence DC Ching Athletics Complex that could happen while football is being played at Aloha Stadium. I'm a big believer in that. It's a great space for the students. You could even use it for intramurals. You yep. could use it for uh, concerts. You could you could use it for all sorts of stuff. It is, it is to me, shallow and short-minded to just all of a sudden think, okay, we're going to give back these. Some of them are going to go to soccer, whatever. Um, to me... I think of something else that Stephen writes here that I think we have to remind ourselves of is is maybe the other issue, um, the all around thing. Let me let me read you the second to last paragraph. They couldn't um, they could not secure Kapilani Community College as an off campus site for tailgating this week. That's a bummer. Um, you know, they will need at some point in the future if you, if this is going to be a thing. Second-level seating is needed for luxury boxes and to provide some covering for fans. Um, there is also here, um, they were working on ordering trailer-styled restrooms to supplement the single-person portable bathrooms. Don't think that's happening, it sounds like, because was working on. I, I, I agree with Steven to a degree. Yeah. Maybe that stadium isn't coming, but I don't think we should plan for it not coming. I I think we can do both, and I think we have to have the bigger picture thinking, not just about UH, that we can accomplish having both and giving ourselves best-in-class facilities both on campus and off. That's kind of what I took away from Steven is I – 
a lot of people are thinking it or saying it, but I'm not I'm, I'm not giving up hope on it. One thing that he kind of brought up that he wasn't really giving up hope on was the previous administration. Um, I believe it was uh, before Ige talking about getting T.C. Ching up to more than uh, 22,000 seats. Mm-hmm. And so with us at 15-3 now, my question to you is, you're not giving up hope on the new stadium, but do you say that we're good at 15-3, or do they continue to make upgrades in this kind of liminal space, neither committing to TC Ching being our permanent facility or the new stadium? You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do we continue to add seats? Yes. I think so, too. Regardless, I think yes. I, I think we have to raise that ceiling with a hope to hit somewhere north of the middle. Mm-hmm. We, we have to average 15. Yes, and you know what? Um, I think it's been said here, um, line from the piece. This Friday, UH has a chance to show that Ching is a workable permanent residence. Perfect. But you know what? UH also has to sell it out. Yes. And last I saw, it's not. There are still tickets that you can get online at, at uh, eTicketHawaii.com. You, you know what's going to help out with that later in this year is if we win. I agree. As if we win this Friday. But I, I, I agree, but it also would concern me if you still can't get 15000 on um you know, if if the team can't win, I mean, we were watching at Aloha Stadium a team that maybe wasn't as successful, but still getting you know just under twenty thousand. Yep. Regardless of you know tickets issued. Yep. It was still more than fifteen. Um, to me, there's I I personally believe at fifteen there's no excuse to sell out. None. Um, you should be able to have fifteen thousand tickets issued or fifteen three tickets issued. Every time. And if you can't do it because I see a whole bunch of promotions that are being done, I see a a great effort in trying to increase the experience. I see a whole bunch being done. A team looking good, too. Yes. It would be, to me, it would be embarrassing if you can't get 15-3 every single game. Mm. Even Albany. Shouldn't be. That shouldn't be an excuse if it's an FCS team, even all. But don't you want to come in and see our team win? Yeah. Uh, let's say hi to Junior, uh, who's calling in. Junior, how are you? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thank you for the good comments. But I always talk about our Giants, Josh. I think we're only half a game or one game out of the wild card. Half, yeah. And I half game, and I think we're beating the Reds. Yes, we are. No so hitter still intact. I don't, I believe so, but I'm not watching the game. Oh. So I just wanted to say that. Um, what do you think, Josh? Do you think as long as the Giants get in, we will beat those Dodger blue guys that always look good, spend a lot of money during the season, but we'll see who comes out in the playoffs, right, Josh? Uh, I don't want to jinx. I don't want to jinx the orange and black though. I don't know but how they're gonna do it. Who, who's your Who's your pick in the American League, then. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's, it's not sounding so positive. So let's well, just let's just take the American League and uh, okay, run away from well, there. Just... Uh, I, I hate to say it, but uh, the American League right now, I still yeah. like Houston, even though Seattle wow. leads the West. 
What about Baltimore? They're having a great season. Fun team. The best. Fun team. Best record in the American the League. They'll fizzle. League. Yep. They'll fizzle. Woo. Houston, well, anyway, guys, I just, wanted to, I just want to say I think we have a chance against Stanford. And um, if we eliminate some of our turnovers and maybe tweak up on our special teams and also because our defense looks great, I think, and hopefully we can get 15,000 screaming people at the stadium and all over the island watching the game, especially the people on Maui, just to give them some hope that hey, we beat, we'll beat Stanford. That'd be good. Timmy That'd be Chang, awesome. Then Timmy, yeah, and Timmy Chang Brotherhood will be on the way. So, hey, thanks to you guys and thanks to Coach Martinez, man. He gave a great perspective that the average fan doesn't take in. And thanks to Hunter too for giving the ex-players perspective too. But anyway, guys. Good show, and uh, keep it going. Thank hey, you. Thank you, that's, Junior. That's, uh, that's why I love having these two guys on my team, is that uh, they provide that stuff. I appreciate your call, Junior. Thank you for dialing in. Um, yeah, I, I love that pivot. Uh, you don't believe in the Giants? So tell me about the American League. I mean, do we not see what the Dodgers are doing right now? Yeah. I mean, they, they look pretty good. I can't uh, can't ignore that. Um, but, I mean, I, I think he's right on, on at least Hawaii. Uh Limit turnovers. Well, Hawaii. I, outside of those two, I thought Hawaii played fairly clean ball. Yes, uh, on did. on Friday, and I think. And we were right there to jump on top of Solo's Solo's fumble. So. Yes, nearly had the onside kick. I, you know, I on offense, I did want to ask you, and I never really got to it. Part of part of things on offense, timing. I'm looking at passes that are going out toward the sideline. Yes, you know In stuff that I. Yeah. And, Stuff that I saw with Vanderbilt, and, and they run a more passing offense now, that I didn't see Swat able to do on a consistent basis. His timing, getting stuff to the outside, didn't look as as clean and crisp, yes. for the most part, actually, as compared to what I saw with Hawaii. Some of that out stuff actually looked fairly good. Yes, and that's because Vanderbilt's offense isn't schemed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the reason it looks so clean is when a DB is off on those receivers. Braden is throwing it out there on his second or even third step. That That's his first read, and he's immediately getting it out of his hands because we are taught in the run-and-shoot offense to take that five-yard hitch all day long. All day long. Get it in your receivers, your athletes' hands, and let them go make an athletic play. We are in a great position to move the ball down the field when – we take simple things when they present themselves to them because we've talked about it at different times, Josh. The run and shoot operates when you take what the defense gives you. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, here's what we're going to kind of do on the fly here. Um, we're going to give away some tickets right now because um, we, we're we going to do it now. I was thinking about doing it a little bit, but uh, we may jump to that uh, – to that no hitter, it's in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, bottom, of the, yeah, bottom of the eighth. Giants have a lead. They are um, they're at the plate, so we will see a no hitter potentially going to the uh, to the top of the ninth inning. So if that takes place um, during our final segment of the show, mm. uh, we will go there uh, live for that. 
in the meantime, uh, we've got tickets to give away, and I'm actually I I had the list of tickets that I that I was going to give away, and I can't even find it for whatever reason. Oh, here. Um, no, that's not the list. What is on my list for giveaways? Because I can't even I I can't even see it on I I volleyball. There we go. I knew it was volleyball, and I didn't commit to my uh my gut. Volleyball Thursday, Hawaii USC. Uh, let's give away those tickets at 808-296-1420. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's see. Randy is, uh, is, is that who's calling in for volleyball tickets? All right, Randy, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, so yesterday we asked the question about, uh, for volleyball tickets, we asked, uh, name one of the two teams that Hawaii beat in the Hawaiian Airlines, uh, Rainbow Wahine, uh, classic and one was named which was san diego so name the other oh man purple can i get a hint purple big What'd scandal what is that randy what i'm sorry what, what was the hint purple and big scandal purple did you say purple i did say purple there aren't many okay. things that are purple in college athletics. Okay. There's like two of them. The <laughs> uh, only thing I can think of is Northwestern. Yes. Yes, that, that you is, got that it. That is it. The other would have, oh, my God. <laughs> the other I would have said is Weber State. Or was, TCU. Or, 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 or Portland. Thank you. Yeah. Thank There's, you for that hint. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you're going to check out volleyball coming up on uh, uh, some, uh, Thursday. So uh, hang on. We'll get your info, all right? Uh, Randy, listening in. Appreciate you calling. All right. Uh, traffic Thank here. Uh, we'll check on what's going on in San Francisco in a moment. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu.